0: us off, just give us an introduction of, of who you are, what you do, and then we can go from there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Holly, Holly Allen. Um, I am an account executive at Deal, looking after the UK and iSpace. Um, I was promoted from SDR to AE in October. Um, So I'm still fairly new to the role, still finding my feet. Um, But I've been in the world of sales for a good couple of years now. Um, So I actually started out in recruitment. Um and I actually loved recruitment, but because of uh, COVID and you know everyone going on furlough and the uncertainty, um, I stepped away from recruitment. I got into SaaS. Um, my sister is a, a SDR recruiter, and I could see that she was you know still placing SDRs into SaaS roles, and I was like, I really want to keep working. So, um, I got my first SDR role at a company called G Two, um, which was an amazing first company. to join and to learn the ropes. It was, yeah, and I had an incredible time there. Um, So I was an SDR there for just over a year, um, I transitioned into an A role there just for a couple months. Um, I then, I was living in London at the time. I wanted to move back up north. So I moved back up north. Um, I did some like SDR coaching and management for a little bit um, and then decided that I really wanted to get back into an IC role. Um, so I joined DEAL last January it was. Um, I was an SDR there for... Just over nine months, um, and yeah, now I'm an AE, and here we are.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's no, really interesting because obviously, you know my um, my world's uh, recruitment, and that's where I've, where I've been in the last few years as well. So, I'm curious to know like what differences you found with recruitment and and sales.
1: Yeah, I mean, I. I definitely really enjoyed my time in recruitment like I really really did I was a graduate at the time I was working um the grad market so the conversations I was having were like very fun you know and it was I guess my kind of first taste of sales so I definitely really enjoyed it um I guess, you know, what with working at deal, what you're selling is a product as opposed to, you know, for want of a better phrase, like selling a person when you work mm-hmm. in recruitment. Um and I think, you know, I, I think there are a lot of similarities though, you know, candidates are obviously can be very unreliable. Um, you know, you can get someone to a final stage interview, think it's gonna close and then they drop out or they ghost you, whatever. Um and that is exactly the same as sales, right? You know you can think you've got this amazing opportunity in the pipeline it's gonna close um and then it all falls through. so I think you know that kind of uncertainty and just having to kind of go with the flow and really I guess manage your emotions and expectations is definitely something that kind of runs in both um but I definitely did like I say really really enjoy recruitment you know had kind of covid and all of that happened. I'm not sure. If I necessarily would have made the move or made the move at that point, but I'm definitely very, very happy, um, you know, in SAS now.
0: Um, well, I mean, we, you mentioned it there, but like what we want to talk about on this podcast is is very much geared towards sort of mental health and stress and anxiety and all that, all that good stuff in in sales. Um, how did you find um, COVID in terms of your mental health?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, and I feel almost kind of guilty for saying this in that it was obviously like a very sad difficult time for a a lot of people but I think actually Mm -hmm. during lockdown you know I was at home with my family my sister was there um and so the kind of day-to-day you know we were going out we were getting our steps in we were doing the 5k running challenges and all that kind of thing um so I think that for me was like was fine. Obviously it was, you know, horrible not being able to leave the house for X amount of hours a day and, and all that kind of thing. And I appreciate there was a lot, you know, worse going on for other families and other people. But I think for me, yeah, it the when I kind of really became aware of like my mental health and I don't think it was necessarily COVID that impacted that. It was after lockdown had lifted, I relocated to London, so from Manchester. I relocated to London um to for my job at G2. Um so I was still an SDR then. And I think initially um when I first moved to London, I was like really in that honeymoon phase of just like absolutely loving it. You know, New City, um, lockdown had lifted, so the restrictions had lifted, which was all great. Um and I was definitely in that honeymoon phase. And then probably about six months in to London um, and my move there, I just suddenly was like, wow, like I feel a way that I've never, ever felt before. And it's quite funny because I have had, you know, friends in the past or I've known people in the past that have struggled with their mental health. You know, people that I've had friends that would tell me, oh, I couldn't get out of bed today. You know, I spent all day in bed. Like I mm. just couldn't face it. And I would be thinking like, What the hell? Like, why couldn't you get out of bed? Like, that's just laziness. Like, that's what I would always think. I just couldn't understand it. And then suddenly I found myself in this shared house in London. Um, you know, the kind of life that I'd always wanted. And I was like, it was like the honeymoon phase was just over. And I was suddenly just, I felt very anxious. I felt very stressed. I felt the stress of the job. I'd gone through a breakup as well. I was in this new city, kind of like on my own. And suddenly, I was like, "Okay, now I think I understand what this whole mental health thing is about." You know what anxiety feels like. Even you know, I, like depression, I I really kind of suddenly understood it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's kind of when it all started for me.
0: That's interesting. So did, did, did you never had um, you never had any like signs of it growing up, like as a child, or maybe in secondary school, or anything like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, there are definitely kind of, you know, maybe things from my childhood, like childhood traumas that maybe I'd kind of like suppressed for a while. And then Mm. suddenly when I was in London and I was, you know, in this kind of very brand new situation. And like I say, I was really on my own, like my parents had moved abroad. I was the only person in my family that was in the UK as well. Um, So I think that was a kind of added stress and added pressure. And yeah, that was the kind of like first real signs of it. Um, And I remember one Christmas, the first Christmas since I'd moved to London, um, I remember we'd gone on a family holiday because my parents were living abroad at the time. So we'd gone to stay with them. And I just remember that first night, like being at the dinner table. My sister was there, who I'm super close with. And I think at the time I just wanted to like run away. Like to me, mm-hmm. running away was just the answer to like solve all my problems. And I think I'd said to her in a WhatsApp message, like, oh, like maybe I'll just, you know, quit my job and go to Australia. Like maybe I should do that. And I remember her saying at the dinner table, like, oh, so are you thinking about going to Australia? And my mum and dad had no idea that this thought had even come into my head. And my mum was like, what? And then I just, burst into tears. And it was just like, I just had no idea what was going on, what I was feeling, where I wanted to be. All I knew that was that I felt really, really alone. And I think that is something that's, you know, really, really tough when it comes to when you are feeling depressed, when you are feeling anxious, you know, you can have all of these people around you. I've, you know, always had lots of friends that are amazing. But I think that feeling of loneliness is something that is so hard to to kind of overcome and to really like understand internally as well and that was just the overwhelming feeling that i had and i just wanted to like run away from everything um and i think in essence that was what i ended up doing um in that i left london um which was definitely a good decision for me like i think london just wasn't my place you know i live in manchester now i absolutely love it um but i left London. I went back to like a previous relationship that I definitely shouldn't have gone back to, but I think it was just that kind of comfort. Um, I'd just been promoted at G2. I went back into the SDR world as well. So I really kind of, in a lot of ways, moved forward in that I realised, okay, London isn't for me. I think I probably wasn't fully ready for that AE role either. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess in a lot of ways, I did kind of Regress because I was just seeking comfort and I was just seeking you know to kind of go back and feel that comfort and that you know not not to be lonely again
0: what was your like your journey like from then on then because that was what was that like a couple of years ago that that sort of kicked in and then how have you been since then
1: yeah so honestly 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 very very up and down like very very up and down so I'll have you know three months where I feel amazing and I feel great and the world is great and I think you know this is something that I've definitely overcome and then I have moments where I just feel really really like low and I, I can't even really explain you know nothing's necessarily triggered it um I don't know where it's come from um and I think that you know in those moments the kind of overwhelming feeling really is that that loneliness and I think that mm. you know when you're Sales, it can be so difficult because I've had mornings where like I'll wake up I'll feel really emotional I'll be crying for no reason you know can't kind of control how I'm feeling but then I you know you have to get on a call and you have to do a demo and you have to it's almost like putting on a bit of a performance in a way like you just have to Mm. kind of block out all of that um and I think that you know that that is part of of having a job, and you know you have to show up for work and and whatnot, and obviously there are some things that you do have to kind of leave at home if you like, but I think that in sales it's even more difficult because you could get on that demo and the person could be super super rude to you or super disinterested, or um you know I definitely when i when I do feel low, I often get feelings of like not feeling good enough and you know imposter syndrome, and I think sometimes on calls, I just immediately think, oh, this person isn't gonna." isn't going to trust me or that they're not going to think I'm smart enough to be able to run this yeah. call or they're not going to buy into the product because it's me that's trying to sell it and you know all those thoughts and feelings and I think sometimes it is really really hard in sales when I am feeling like that to just kind of yeah not not let it get to me and not be a, a nervous wreck on all my calls yeah. so
0: how does did... How did like anxiety specifically affect your sales ability? And then what methods and techniques have you learned or have you developed to actually overcome it that maybe people listening who've got the same problem could could use?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean I remember, God, I will never forget this day. I remember when I was an SDR at G2 and it was when I was going through that very sad stage of my life when I lived in London. And I remember I had a call with um, I can't remember who the company was. Um, And it was a zoom call. And it was I think this lady had come inbound. um, And I was like qualifying the call as the SDR. And this lady was just like, she, she was really, really rude. Like she was very direct. She was really annoyed that she'd been put through to an SDR and that I was qualifying and I couldn't, you know, tell her pricing and all the rest of it and i remember it was i think i'd been like really feeling really sad in the morning and then we got on the call and she was just like going in on me and i had to turn my camera off while on the call because i started crying um no. and i just said something to her like oh sorry the the internet's really bad and it was obvious that i'd turned off my camera but it was just it was horrible it was i couldn't get off that call fast enough um and then I remember the call ended and then all I could think about was, oh my God, this call's going to be on gong. Like everyone in the company is going to see how like badly I dealt with that. And it was just a whole thing. And I think, do you know what? I think I contemplated messaging my manager asking if the call could be taken down. But then that also brought me like so much shame because I was like, oh my God, I just can't believe I've got upset on a call. Like maybe yeah. no one will notice if I just don't say. so and and that is something that will stick with me forever and I remember after that happened thinking I am never going to put myself in this position again um so what I mean I mean what I do now is of course like I always make sure that I go into calls as prepared as I possibly can like if I've got a call with you know I don't know a CFO that I'm really really nervous about and I get super nervous for calls you know whether I'm having a good day or a bad day I just mm-hmm. make sure that I go in, you know, I, I always have like I never read off the scripting calls, but I always have like some sort of script PDF open just so that should I need to, if I get really tongue tied, I know I can swipe across my screen and I've got something there that mm-hmm. I can fall back on. Um, And I think that like the other part of it is, um, you know, sometimes like coming into a WeWork can help. Um, you know being around people sometimes that can like a- actually help, but sometimes it is a case of do you know what today I need to stay in the comfort of my flat I don't want to see anyone I just want to be at my kitchen table I want to kind of take the day like fairly easy um and it really is just a case of like getting through the day and if I can do that, that's an achievement so for me, it's just understanding how do I feel what is gonna help what's gonna potentially stress me out more um. And I think for me as well, you know, things like, I mean, it sounds really obvious, but things that do really impact me is like alcohol. Like if I've been like drinking a lot, I can guarantee that I won't feel great. Um, You know, lack of sleep. If I don't train, like go to gym as much as I normally do. All of this stuff does really impact me. And, you know, I'm not saying I'd never go out and drink like far from it. But if I if I do and I take it a bit far or whatever. I know in my head like okay the reason why I feel really bad today is because of this it will pass um so yeah
0: something you mentioned uh just there that personally helped me as well is like having a structure and a like script
1: yeah I I mean I guess like on and off you know like for cold calls something that gives me a lot of anxiety I'll obviously always have a script to follow but I think it was really like coming into this new role um what I really recognized from when I moved into the AE role at G2 was that was when I had like imposter syndrome, like I'd never felt it before. And mm. um, I remember two of us had been promoted at the same time. And, you know, what this could have just been, it probably was just in my head. But to me, I felt an enormous amount of pressure to like, close the first deal, be the first one to achieve X, do X, Y, Z, whatever. And I remember just feeling like, I'm not good enough. You know, this colleague is so much better than me. It was horrendous. Um, and that's why, you know, I I did like leave that role, I guess you could say, like I ran away from that role rather than trying to work through it. And so I think coming into this role deal, um, you know, moving into the AE role, I, yes, it's a, a step up, um, but I really, really just want to make sure that I'm setting myself up for success. You know, I, I don't ever want to go back to those feelings again. Um, because, you know, with hindsight now, like, do I regret leaving that role? Like, you know, I partly like if if I'd have stayed, what would have happened? I don't know. Um, you know, obviously very, very happy to be at like a a deal now, but, you know, it's just one of those things where I thought, God, I'm never going to let myself get into that rut again, where I literally leave a job because I don't feel good enough like that is just ridiculous so I think from that now like I say when I go onto calls I want to feel confident I want to know what I'm talking about and so I'm always gonna help myself out have those little kind of cue cards those scripts um, but I, I think as well you know on the point of having that structure being in control I think that is also something that definitely helps me with um you know anxiety and when I am having those kind of low patches is having a routine so like on my fridge Mm -hmm. I have like a calendar a Monday to Friday um and I fill it in like I have loads of uh, whiteboard markers in different colors like it's very fun um and I'll just fill in you know like Monday I'm gonna do this and I'll just have everything on there and it's almost quite therapeutic like working through the week either you know crossing it off what you've done and just knowing like okay like I've nearly made it through the week I'm fine or you know whatever and just having some like nice events on there and stuff um I think having that plan really definitely helps me and and like I say at the end of the week I just feel such a sense of achievement in that I'm like okay this is everything I've done this week even if it's something like you know Monday Wednesday Friday I'll go into the WeWork I'll cook this for dinner if I can get to the end of the week and know like okay you've stuck to that plan all is well, you know, the house hasn't burned down, you are fine, you're safe, then that gives me a massive sense of comfort, achievement, accomplishment.
0: I've got a topic I want to discuss with you as well. I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. So obviously you've, you're you a master of remote working, right? And you also went to Bali. Yeah. How long did you go to Bali again?
1: Three months. It was meant to be one month. Then I was meant to never come back. <laughs> and then I called it a day at three months.
0: Yeah, cool. So first of all, I'm, I'm curious to see, like, how you found that and, you know, did it make your mental health anxiety worse or?
1: Yeah, it's uh, this is yeah, this is a very interesting one. So, yeah. So for context, um, I, I work at Deal. We have a work from anywhere policy, which is amazing for someone like me that loves to travel and I love the sun. So it's great. So in um, August I headed to Bali um, and yeah, I was meant to just be there for a month um, and ended up staying there for three months. And when I first got there for like the first, I'd say probably like the first six weeks I was, um, you know, again in that honeymoon phase of this is amazing. I'm in the sunshine, like I'm at the beach, like everything is just incredible here. Oh my God, all my problems are solved. Like this is great. Um, and I was actually thinking, so I remember telling you, like, I was actually thinking about, you know, do I move here full time? Do I get rid of my flat in Manchester? Like all these, um, very kind of drastic thoughts going through my head and then, yeah. And then kind of out of the blue, literally out of nowhere, um, in my last month of Bali, it was probably one of the like hardest couple of weeks I have ever had. It was just really, really tough. And it was so strange because I'd got the news about my promotion. So I was and I was so happy about being promoted. Like it's something that I've wanted for so long. And that was just like, yeah, really, really happy about that. And then I just couldn't like shake off this feeling. It was just so weird. Like I would go outside. The heat was just unbearable. Like I felt like I couldn't breathe when I was outside. I didn't want to be around anyone like I didn't that's kind of my biggest thing when I go through these low patches is I just want to isolate myself shut myself off from the world so you know someone could come and I don't know sit next to me at a restaurant and just like be making polite conversation and I would just be probably quite rude back to be honest because I just did not want to engage in any conversation with them um and you know I just I didn't feel good in myself like it it was just a really really difficult time and I think it really showed me that you know again it was this case of I'd kind of come to Bali and almost I guess run away from not any problems like in in Manchester like I I have a great life Mm -hmm. but I think probably just a lot of internal demons shall we say that you know things that you can kind of you can't really run away from and I think that it really showed me um That's almost like enough is enough. And I was like, okay, do you know what? I actually really need to work on these things internally. I need to figure out, you know, why I get a little bit sad every now and then. Like, what is it that is kind of causing it? How can I better manage it so that, you know, I'm not in a situation where I have to kind of run away to the other side of the world, which is, you know, fine because I can do it. And don't get me wrong, I had an amazing time. But I think, again, it was just that feeling of like, God. I'm in Bali like this is the kind of world I've wanted to be in for so long like it's finally happening and yet I still feel alone I still feel sad like what the hell is wrong with me um but after that happened it did prompt me to um so I didn't even know this existed um but I found this happiness coach on Instagram um who I yeah so I had a couple sessions. I'm going to be honest, it didn't work out. <laughs> just It just wasn't for me. But the fact is, you know, I made a step in the right direction. I learned a lot about myself in the couple of sessions that we did have. Um, and yeah, it was just, a, it's more of an action than, than I've ever taken before, which made me feel good.
0: What I wanted to ask as well, just on the, the note of just the fact that you can even do remote work in, what do you feel like companies can do, our managers can do, GOs can do to support people better within the sales community with mental health?
1: Yeah, that's a, a really good question. Um, what? I mean, I think obviously a lot of the pressure comes around, you know, you've, you've got this quota, like h- how are you going to hit it? And if you're not hitting it, then it's like, well, you know, yeah, um, but I think, you know, like certainly at Deal, my manager, and I'm not just saying this, my manager is unbelievable. Like he is so, he's just like, I literally do feel so, so grateful um to to work with him. But he's, he's really great in the sense of, you know, we'll come into our one-to-ones and it'll be like, okay, this is your target for this month. Like, how are we going to get there? What have you got on? And if you're sat in there thinking like, oh my God, I actually don't know where, you know, this month's quota is going to come from. Mm. It's a case of like, okay, let's work together. Let's get you to quota. Like, how can I help? So I think not just, I guess, just kind of helping where you can, like helping the reps where you can. And he never makes me feel like, I don't know, like there's just always a constant sense of like encouragement and come on, like you can do this. I believe in you. And I genuinely do feel like he does believe in me, which for someone that doesn't always believe in herself is really, really nice to feel like that. I think as well, like celebrating the small wins. Um, Like I closed my first deal this morning, actually, which I was super, super happy about. And thank you. And it was like, it was quite a small deal, but like a deal's a deal. And he just like hyped me up, made me feel really good about it. And it, for me, I was just like, yes, like this just feels so positive. We're moving in the right direction. I can do this. Um, But I think as well, so something that I, something that i've started doing this year which this isn't kind of mindset related but i do want to give a shout out to my sales coach um so i have external sales coaching from mark akers at my sales coach which is honestly amazing and i think like even just investing in myself investing in those training sessions has helped me massively because again it makes me think like if i don't feel good enough i'm like well what, what can I do to make me feel better about myself? Okay. Let me invest in an amazing sales coach. And that has helped me massively. So anyone that, you know, does kind of want additional support in sales, or I think they even do like CS coaching would definitely recommend my sales coach. But I think maybe a kind of similar program to, to that, but for kind of mindset would be something I think would be super, super valuable, you know, cause you like, if I'm having a bad day, I, I love my manager but I'm not gonna get on a call and tell him how I'm no, no. you know really feeling and like it's not you know it's it's not I think it, it depends but you know for me personally it just wouldn't feel appropriate um mm. and so I think something like an additional service of like even if it's someone that you just meet with once a month you know how is the month really going like how are you actually feeling just to Offload almost speak to someone that because mm. you, you don't as well you know you don't always want to tell your friends and um so I think just having that um would be amazing.
0: Um, one thing I definitely want to speak to you about as well, just to sort of close this off, is your personal brand on LinkedIn and your your journey with doing that and how that how that sort of affected your mental health in a positive and a negative way. So what's your journey been like in terms of building a personal brand? And how have you dealt with the negative side of those things, like trolls?
1: Yeah, so I think that um, I guess like some of the challenges is definitely when you're not feeling great, you know, like we've talked about, like the, the last thing you want to do sometimes is have to put on a post on LinkedIn and like pretend that, everything is fine um Mm. and I think as well like for me with LinkedIn I always always try and be authentic like my posts are you know they're not like marketing material regurgitated they are very much me um Mm. and I think like that would be my biggest tip for anyone looking to build a personal brand is like make it you like it's called a personal brand for a reason um and so that's what I always, always try and do. But obviously, you know, whatever you're going through at home, like LinkedIn is still a professional platform. So you're not going to kind of come on and air all of that on LinkedIn. You know, that doesn't make sense. Um, but I think sometimes that's difficult, you know, and, and when I am like feeling a bit anxious, it can be really hard to think up ideas of what to post. Um but I think it's just like being kind to yourself and being like, Do you know, what if I don't post on LinkedIn today? Like, it's not the end of the world. Um, but I think it's just important as well to reiterate this point around, um, you know, people might come onto my LinkedIn and think like, all my posts recently are obviously me in Bali. They might look and see like, oh my god, she's been in Bali. That's amazing. She got promoted. Like, yeah. da da da, everything great, and all my photos, I'm smiling. But I think it's just a reminder that you, you know often really don't actually know how someone is really feeling and it's just like you know when you cold call someone and they're a bit rude people often say like look you really don't know what this person has had to deal with this morning or what's happened and I think it's just important to kind of remember that um but I think in terms of you know kind of trolls weird comments um I've definitely been lucky in that I don't deal with a a lot of that um I don't think I've maybe I've had a couple of like mean comments in the past but you just Mm. go on you just um, um god I'm probably gonna jinx myself now but I've been really lucky in that none of them have ever felt too like personal or you know so you just have to like separate yourself from it and just delete them move on anyone that messages you that's like a I don't know, saying something. Like I say, I never really get comments that maybe sometimes there'll be some things that you think is a bit strange or this makes you feel a bit uncomfortable, but I would just delete the person, block them. Um, But yeah, I think, I mean, I could be completely wrong, but my experience with LinkedIn is that it's a lot less trolley than like Instagram, for example. Um, I don't, I, well, I know categorically I could not deal with like if I had a big Instagram following and some of the comments and hate that people get on Instagram and TikTok, oh my God, I I know I could not deal with that. I'm very, very sensitive. So that would crush me.
0: <laughs> do you think even just being on social media and like having that presence, knowing people are looking at you, has that helped you in a positive way? Like, have you developed, um I don't know, thicker skin or um, do you care about what people think, that sort of stuff?
1: Yeah, I I think it has helped in the sense of, um, you know, like from a sales perspective, like I, I get a lot of inbounds from LinkedIn, I get really good responses from my messaging on LinkedIn. And I do believe, you know, that is all down to having a personal brand. And so I guess, you know, that does make me feel really, really good. I think one of the kind of difficult times for me was like, when I had left G2, um, and I'd done like, a year prior, I'd done all this posting about moving to London and blah, blah, blah. And then it was like, Oh, now I'm actually moving back to Manchester. And then, um, you know, like going back to deal as an SDR as well. That was something I was like terrified to tell LinkedIn about, which is so silly, but you know, obviously it does kind of come with its consequences in that sense. Just thinking like, Oh my God, what will people think? Um, but all in all, like having a personal brand yeah, it's been fab and if i ever have done posts where you know maybe i talk about it's been a really tough month in sales or not feeling amazing because of xyz like i think people normally are very supportive normally people can resonate um and yeah that kind of brings me a bit of like comfort as well
0: yeah i mean this is why i think it's so brilliant you've even agreed to talk about this kind um, of stuff on a podcast because I think someone like yourself who is obviously, you know, successful, like you said, if you went on your LinkedIn profile, it's, it's that whole, their life is perfect kind of thing. And I think it's great that you're, you're talking about this because I'm sure a lot of people will see this and they'll feel a lot better within themselves. So yeah, no, um, I really appreciate you talking about it and I'm sure a lot of people do as well. Um, I've just got one last question. If you could go back, to Polly of, like, four or five years ago. What advice would you give her? Or words of encouragement?
1: Oh, I love this question. Um, So I think the, like, number one thing would probably be don't be so hard on yourself. Um, I think there have been times where I've just completely been so like mean to myself stressed myself out for like virtually no reason and I just think I would go back and just be like you are doing great like stop being so mean just keep on going um so I think that would be one I think as well like comparison is the thief of joy and I think this is again, in sales, it can be so toxic, because, you know, every company has like a leaderboard of all the reps and where they are, and who's first and who's last and who's in the middle. Um, and I think that, like, comparing yourself, like, yes, having a bit of healthy competition is great, like learning from others is great. But literally comparing yourself down to the ground, it I just think is so unhealthy. And whether that's, in work whether that's you know looking at my friends that are maybe at later stages in their lives or whatever I just think you are on your own path and I'm a big believer in like you are exactly where you are meant to be even if something like doesn't really make sense now you know if one of my friends I don't know buys a house gets married whatever I'll be like oh my god I'm still renting I'm single like whatever it could be but I think that you you just have to like believe in yourself. Trust the process. You are meant to be where you are. And yeah, stop being so hard on yourself, I think.